Sports Central with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. We've been treated to two weeks of incredible tennis over at the US Open. And, you know, it was just incredible to see the performances of the players. With There were quite a few big names missing, but this tournament certainly lived up despite all the challenges from the COVID-19 pandemic. Joining me on the line to wrap up all the action and review the 2021 US Open is Ahmad Akhtar, former broadcast journalist journalist at Fox Sports Asia. First of all, Ahmad, how are you feeling today? Because I understand you were up till the early hours this morning and haven't had much sleep. Yeah, Adrian, uh, first of all, really nice to be back on the show. I'm absolutely exhausted. As you said, I've been up since 4 a.m. to witness um, the magic that, that occurred this morning. I'm pretty bleary eyed, but it was well worth it. It was well worth it. Yeah, let's get straight down to it. You know, Daniel Medvedev, this is his third Grand Slam final. He lost to Nadal at the US Open before and then he came up against Djokovic earlier this year. But when we talked last night, we were all expecting Djokovic to you know, have this career slam. But Daniel Medvedev had certainly something different to add to that script. Absolutely. Um, Adrian, shocking result. I'm still in disbelief. I woke up this morning expecting an epic battle for sure, but certainly not a Medvedev victory, and, and that too in straight sets. Um, to win your first major title and stop one of the greatest of all time from making history and doing so is a phenomenal achievement. You know, this is what tennis players yearn for these kinds of nights. A truly special moment in Medvedev's career. I mean, his performance in and of its, itself was really clinical. The break point right off the bat in the first really set the tone for the remainder of the set. You know, his pre-match first serve stats were the best throughout the tournament at 80%. He kept that going. But what really surprised me was the confidence he brought to his second serve, which was awesome. He was sending down aces at 117, 118 miles an hour. He returned really well. He was super aggressive. Um, and he even outplayed Djokovic in the longer rallies, which is where you'd put your money on Novak excelling and where he's broken the spirit of many an opponent in the past. But honestly, when Medvedev took that first set, I think we all expected Djokovic to come back strongly as he did in the past four matches when he lost the opener. Um, He had two break chances early in that second, really unlike him not to convert. I remember Alexander Zverev in his post-match presser after the semi-final loss to Djokovic. He conceded that Novak is the best player ever when it comes to clutch points and that he would rather play anyone else but Novak in those moments. But today, something was off. Obviously, you know, the weight of the expectations, the history, the occasion. Um, Rod Laver and many other celebrities were in attendance. I mean, this was a huge match. And as strong as he is mentally, he just wasn't allowed to play his game. Uh, Medvedev dictated the rhythm. And so, you know, one break was good enough for Medvedev in the second set. We saw Novak lose his cool. He got a code violation for smashing his racket into the ground. And then before you know, in the blink of an eye, Medvedev's off to a full love lead in the third. And I'm like, what's going on here? Djokovic at this point bizarrely changed his strategy completely. So he's repeatedly coming to the net. He just didn't seem like he had the legs to withstand longer points. He wasn't even trying to rally from the baseline. And then, you know, we're up 5-2 and championship point. And, you know, I've watched Djokovic. We've all watched Djokovic over the years. We know that it's not over till it's over. And he saved that championship point. You know, the nerves obviously got to to Medvedev, wasn't able to close that out, was broken for the first time in the match. Uh, Djokovic broke, held for 5-4, and then something I've really never seen on court. Uh, He walked to his chair with a grin on his face 
after receiving a rapturous applause from the crowd who tried to get him going. Um, and the next thing you know, he's in floods of tears, you know, clutching the towel to his face during that changeover to hide those emotions, perhaps realizing both that he wasn't going to make it and, you know, just, I guess, coming to grips with the respect and admiration he was getting from a crowd that he's traditionally really had frosty relations with. And somehow Medvedev closed it out on his third championship point, serving at 5-4 after a second double fault. So at the third time of asking, he finally did it. Even in his post-match presser, he was saying, you know, when he walked to the changeover at 5-4, he cramped because of the pressure and he just was praying that he'd get a first serve in, just get this over and done with. I mean, he was simply outstanding. He outclassed Djokovic on all fronts, um, had the fresher legs, you know, he spent five hours fewer on court, but his mental resilience, his prowess on hard court, his calmness, composure, he had the perfect approach, intensity, you know, the clarity of thought about the task that needed to be accomplished. And, and I guess his third final, uh, Grand Slam final and all, I think he was well-primed on this occasion. As you said, he lost in the Darwin five two years ago and Djokovic at the Australian Open this year. He was ready. He proved it. I'd honestly say his game is eerily similar to Djokovic's, probably the most similar on tour. Uh, and you couple that with his mental steel, you have the makings of a long-term champion. His only weakness with those, some of those drop, drop shots, honestly, were pretty horrible in the third, I think. Just the pressure got getting to Medvedev. But Djokovic was, fortunately for Medvedev, unable to capitalize. But, you know, let's stand up and applaud, really, to know about what a year he's had. 27 unbeaten wins in majors till today. Three slams. You know, he had COVID. He recovered. You know, they've been playing in bio doubles. It's been a phenomenal effort. And I have to say as well, Adrian, that both men spoke so well in their respective speeches. Djokovic acknowledged the overwhelming support and love he's received from the crowd, which is probably what brought him to tears in, in, in that third set. He was so emotional, but he said his soul had been touched by the New York faithful. It was a lovely gesture. And Medvedev so graceful as well in calling Djokovic the greatest ever. Um, you know, Djokovic said he was going to play this match as if it were the last of his career, that he was going to pour every ounce of his heart and soul into trying to do what few others could do in achieving this calendar slam and surpassing his great rivals for slam number 21. Ultimately, he wasn't able to be, but he'll be back and a truly memorable final. Yeah, it was certainly a memorable final. Just, you know, picking up on what you said there, how the crowd got behind him as well. And he said, you know, the love he felt from the crowd, you know, it meant as much to him as winning 21 Grand Slam titles. Of course, he was chasing history there along with winning all the major slams of the year. In the women's draw, Imad, Emma Raducanu, an 18-year-old Emma Raducanu. We first heard of her at Wimbledon earlier this year. You know, of course, the situation got the better of her, but she ended a 44-year wait for a British Grand Slam women's champion. Uh, she won uh, the women's singles, beating Leila Fernandez of Canada 6-4, 6-3. Absolutely incredible performance from Emma Raducanu. She was a qualifier. She didn't drop a set. You know, we can keep going on about how incredible this young lady has played. What did you make of her performance during the whole tournament? Uh, another incredible result. Probably, honestly, the two most consecutively surprising results in the men's and women's draws in recent history at majors. I even go so far as to saying probably the best U.S. Open um, that I've witnessed, honestly, um, since I started watching tennis. It's just just phenomenal. What a story for, for Raducanu, who just two months ago was forced to retire from her fourth round match, if you recall, at Wimbledon, uh, where she was a wild card, due to breathing issues, possibly, but not conclusively brought on by what some suspect was a bout of performance anxiety. I mean, she was unfairly criticized by John McEnroe, by British TV host Piers Morgan for not being able to handle the pressure. But what a response. I mean, you know, I'm sure she wasn't responding to those critics because she's so young and has nothing to lose. But then to rock up here in New York, get through three matches of qualifying and then seven matches of the main draw, 
having not dropped a single set, as you said, is really the stuff of legend. It's fairy tale. It's unprecedented. It's never been seen before in tennis. Most likely will never be seen again. And she said after booking her berth in the final or the semifinal, I don't remember which, that she'd actually booked her flights back uh, home at the end of qualifying. So, I mean, really, she somehow took all the pressure off herself throughout the course of this tournament. She's going to move now from 150th to 23rd in the world, be ranked the British number one and be $2.5 million richer. And she's still waiting for her A-level results. So really remarkable from an 18-year-old. As for the match itself, I mean, she just continued where she left off um, against Leila Fernandez. Clinical serve as she's had throughout the tournament, strong baseline game. Most impressively, the poise and composure that she showed for a first-time Grand Slam finalist as a teenager. I mean, she appeared to show no nerves. She stayed in the present. She executed her plans to perfection. There was that cut she suffered to her knee, serving at 5-3, serving for the match at 5-3, rather, then proceeded to take a medical timeout. It wasn't an ideal stoppage for uh, either player, really, because Fernandez had a break at that point. And that's where I think Radkanu could have wavered. But somehow she came back and just coolly saved break point and finished things off with an ace like she'd done it a hundred times, you know? I mean, this run and the result itself has flipped her career upside down. I see this potentially being the start of a big rivalry in, in women's tennis between Raducanu and Fernandez. They, they have, of course, played as well uh, at the Wimbledon Juniors in 2018, where Raducanu incidentally won them as well in straight sets. But I sincerely hope all the overnight fame won't get to the both of them. They're still so tender. We've seen how tough the sport can be. Um, you know, just look at Osaka, Naomi Osaka, who struggled mentally. I just hope the WTA play their part as well in giving youngsters emotional support wherever they need it because talents like Raducanu and Fernandez must be treasured. You know, they're the future of the sport. And again, as with the men's final, both girls spoke with such poise and grace with their post-match speeches uh, as if they'd been up on that stage many, many times before. Truly remarkable scenes. You know, the first teenage final at the US Open, or I think at any slam, perhaps, uh, since Martina Hingis and Serena Williams did battle in 99. Still can scarcely believe uh, what we've seen, Adrian. Yeah, what a match that was as well. I don't think anyone is expecting Emma Raducanu and Leila Fernandez to make it to the final. Emma actually, in her post-match press conference, they asked her what was the first thing she was going to buy with all this money. And uh, she said she was going to buy a pair of AirPods because she lost it right at the start <laughs> of the tournament and uh, you know hasn't been able to replace it. Emma will turn 19 in November. Leila just turned 19. She beat uh, the likes of Naomi Osaka there. Ahmad, a few words on her. Just not only... The the way she played in the final, but, you know, getting through all these superstars on her way to the final. What did you make of her U.S. Open performance? No, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, what a sensational run she's had in New York. You know, she obviously had a tough three-set win over Naomi Osaka, who's, you know, a proven winner, two-time U.S. Open winner in the third round. She backed that up with another three-set win over Angie Kerber, the 16th seed, who's also won at the U.S. Open uh, about five years ago. And then the juggernaut rolled on. You know, she went the distance. She eliminated Elena Svitolina, the fifth seed, who had defeated Simona Halep earlier, um, also a three-set marathon. And then perhaps the toughest battle of all against the second seed, Irina Sabalenka, who probably felt that she had a good chance uh, of, of winning her first Grand Slam as well. It wasn't to be amazing scenes, really. I mean, she's such a fighter, um, is Fernanda. She has a great all-round game. She has also that unique advantage of being a left-hander as well. You know, I loved her confidence. I recall on an on-court interview after beating Osaka where she was asked at what point during the match she felt she could go on and win. And her answer was brilliant. I mean, she said, I believed I could win before the match started. You know, so just the 
wonderful to see the exuberance of youth, the, the fearless never-say-die attitude, so refreshing for women's tennis, which I feel is, is in a golden era right now, not in terms of the dominance we've seen in men's tennis with Federer Djokovic and Nadal, but, you know, complete opposite end of the spectrum where there's so much competition and such a variety of winners, the unpredictability, you know, the fact that anyone can win on, on their day. And I think Fernandez is 100% a star of the future. And just a fun fact there, Leila Fernandez was born in Montreal, Canada, whereas Emma Raducanu was also born in Canada. She was born in Toronto before uh, making her way over to the UK. So Canada could have been blessed with two superstars, but the UK has also been blessed by Emma's presence. Just before I let you go, Emma, in terms of the men's draw, who else stood out for you? Yeah, so a couple of players that, you know, definitely not household names um, and, and they wouldn't have struck out at me before the tournament, but two names. One is Lloyd Harris. Lloyd Harris, perhaps a surprise quarterfinalist for some. He's yet to win an ATP Tour title, but this has been his best year by a stretch. You know, the US Open was his first appearance in the last eight of a slam. His previous best was the third round at this year's Australian Open. Um, and in August, he appeared, you know, he reached, I beg your pardon, a career high ranking of number 46. His biggest win, if you recall, came recently at the Washington Open when he stunned Rafa Nadal. Um, and he took that form forward to Flushing Meadows, where he performed admirably. He took out Karen Hatchinov in five in the first round. He took out Denis Shapovalov, um, Wimbledon semifinalist, in straight sets in round three. And then another one of the American hopefuls, Riley Opelka, in the round of 16, obviously then lose, lost to Zverev in the quarters. Um, no shame in that, given that Zverev is enjoying a purple patch of form. But yeah, you know, Harris has a big booming serve. He's tall, he's 6'4". It'll be interesting to see uh, how he fares for the rest of the year and next year. The other gentleman or the other young kid, I should say, is Carlos Alcaraz Garcia. Um, what a sublime talent. 18 years old, fresh face, took out Cam Norrie in the straight sets, in straights in the first round, and then proceeded to uh, participate in one of the shocks of the tournament, defeating Stefano Tsitsipas in an epic five-setter in round three. Um, followed that up with another five-set win in round four but then ultimately lost steam and retired in the quarters uh, in the second set against Felix Auger-Aliassime. Look, he's got a great fighting spirit. He's already been touted by Tony Nadal, um, Rafa's uncle, as a successor to the big three. But, you know, like Raducanu, like Fernandez, we don't want to put too much pressure on, on the young kid. He achieved the career high ranking of number 54 this August, uh, making him the youngest player ranked that high since... Nadal, in fact, uh, who was ranked 49 at the age of 18 in 2004. Um, he's tasted success. You know, he won the Croatia Open title this year, became the youngest ATP Tour champion since Nishikori, uh, won at Delray Beach in 2008 at 18 as well, um, and the youngest Spanish champion since Nadal. Um, so, you know, great head on his shoulders, bright future. Look forward to seeing how he fares against consistently good opposition. But generally, you know, the health of men's and women's tennis, Adrian, is looking really, really good. Yeah, exactly. You took the word straight out of my mouth there. So many breakout stars this tournament. It was missing the likes of Nadal, Fedra, just to name a few. But it was just incredible to watch the talent, particularly the next generation of tennis superstars coming through. Emma Raducanu, Leila Fernandez, you mentioned, Alcaraz there as well, unfortunate to be injured. But it was an incredible end to the the final Grand Slam of the year, Imada. I hope you've had just as much fun as I've had covering uh, the Grand Slams here on Money FM. And uh, thanks for joining us on the show today. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks so much, Adrian. It's been a pleasure as always. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.